the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. So it is the fourth Sunday of Easter, and every year, liturgically, we look at John chapter 10. It's called Good Shepherd Sunday. And, uh, and so I'm just wondering what image comes to mind when you hear Jesus say, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Such a familiar moniker or uh, way to describe Jesus. Uh, we often, I mean, it's so familiar, we kind of forget to ponder it sometimes. We kind of assume we know what it means. And I, I found myself this week thinking about it and sort of confusing the sheep and the shepherd, uh, sort of thinking of the good shepherd as soft and cuddly and almost like a stuffed animal himself. It's just such a, just such a sweet image. Uh, and yet, the image of the good shepherd To be sure, it's an image of tenderness, but it is also an image of extraordinary strength, extraordinary strength, tenderness and strength. The the strength, the the toughness of this image can be lost on us if we're not familiar with shepherding, right? And I'm looking around the room, I don't see a lot of shepherds uh, in the room, actual shepherds, and so we kind of have this stuffed animal soft view of it, and, and, and yet it is the combination of the tenderness and the toughness, the tenderness and the strength that the image of the Good Shepherd requires, which really gives us insight into the character of Jesus Christ. And so I just want for uh, us to walk through in the, the, this sermon this simple, this familiar statement, I am the Good Shepherd. We want to see if we can gain appreciation for both the tenderness and the strength. So Jesus loves us and cares for us as the good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. I am. It's one of seven statements in the Gospel of John uh, that theologians call the metaphorical I am statements. Uh, I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. And there's three others. Jesus employs a metaphor to describe some aspect or character of his ministry. And he ties it to the historic name of God. I am. Now, if, you're not, if you don't know that story and what, exactly what I'm talking about, it might sound like a funny name for God, I am, but centuries earlier, Moses, who at the time was also working as a shepherd, had stood in front of a bush which was engulfed in flame and yet which was not burning up. You remember the story of the burning bush, and God called out from the burning bush and said to Moses that he was going to go and lead God's people out of Egypt, out of slavery, and into the promised land. And of course, Moses was afraid, right? He, he didn't, he, was, he just was happy tending his sheep. Why would, why, why should I think that Pharaoh was going to listen to me? Why should I think that the people are going to listen to me? Who am I going to tell them sent me? And 
God says, tell them, I am sent you. I am. Now, if the Gospel of John just had one or two of these uh, metaphorical I am statements, we might not think much about it, even though they're emphatic, I am. He didn't have to say it quite like he says it uh, grammatically, but he says, uh, I am repeatedly seven times. Number seven is important as sort of a symbolic number for perfection. And theologians of every stripe understand that what John is uh, telling us is that Jesus is in strength declaring his divinity. I am the good shepherd. And he, I, he's not saying I am a kindly sheep herder, right? He's saying, I am, I am. I, he's declaring his divinity. And one of the ways that I am, I am, is that I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd is one of the ways that he's describing the character and the nature of his divinity. So, I am the good shepherd. And I am the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. So if he's the shepherd, that makes us what? The sheep, right? And sheep do, in fact, make cute stuffed animals. So uh, much better stuffed animals than shepherds. But actual sheep, actual sheep are a lot of trouble, aren't they? I mean, they're good for making wool, but they require constant attention. In his uh, well-known little book called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. Anybody seen that little track book? A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. The author, Philip Keller, states this. It is no accident that God has chosen to call us sheep. The behavior of sheep and human beings is similar in many ways. Our mob instincts, our fears and timidity our stubbornness and stupidity, our perverse habits, are all parallels of profound importance. Or as the hymn writer wrote famously, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. So they're not trying to beat us up. They're not trying to make us feel bad. They're just simply naming what we probably already suspect to be true about ourselves to state that we inherently need a shepherd. And the good news is that we have one, right? We have a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, wrote King David in Psalm 23. I am the good shepherd, says Jesus. Which is to say, he is the one who watches over us tenderly. The one who assumes responsibility for us. The one who provides for us. The one who cares for us. The one who mends our wounds, tends to us in our brokenness. The one who leads us beside the still waters and restores our soul. Now this is a far cry from other images that we may have in our mind or our culture about the nature of Jesus, right? It's a far cry from a giant policeman in the sky just waiting to catch us doing something wrong. It's a far cry from uh, Santa Claus who shows up once a year and offers presents and then hits the road. Jesus says he knows his sheep, and his sheep know him. 
Earlier in the chapter, before our reading, he declared, My sheep know my voice, and I know them by name. Jesus is saying there's this ongoing relationship. It's always astounding to me that the nature of my relationship with God Almighty is such that he knows my name. It's personal. You may remember um, Dr. Peter Moore, who came and preached here. He was the dean of my seminary for a little bit while I was there. And uh, I met him many years ago uh, at a dinner, a fundraising dinner for the seminary, long before I went there. And I didn't see him again for, for several years. And then I saw him again at another dinner, again before seminary, and he walked up to Amy and I and said, said, Amy, Joe, I'm so glad to see you again. I just, it kind of blew me away. I mean, maybe he looked at our name tags, but he just, he remembered us, right? He knew exactly, he remembered us. And then, so I get there, and it's my first year in seminary, and, and about a month in, I got a call from the secretary saying, Dean Moore would like to see you in his office on Tuesday. And I've always been one to kind of steer clear of the principal's office. And I, um, and, I, and I thought, I mean, I spent a few days thinking, what have I done? Like, what, what have I done? And so we get our lunch, and we go up to his office, and, and we sit down, and, he get, and I'm just kind of waiting for what was next. We made a mistake, you're not supposed to be here or something. And he says, I just want to get to know you. I just, I just want to, to see what I can do for you and, and to find out more about your story. And I thought maybe we could meet you know, monthly, if that would be okay. He was pursuing a relationship with me. And we are dear friends to this point, but it's more than a friendship because, I mean, there is, a, there is friendship, but he, had, he, he has so much more experience, so much more wisdom, uh, and he knew that he had that to offer to me and that I would need it. And so he knew me by name, and he pursued that relationship. And it's real love. And so now when I talk to him, and he's well into his 80s, and he's, he'll say, I love you, bro. Which I just think is great, and I love you too, bro. Uh, but it's, um, you know, Jesus knows your name. He pursues that relationship, and it's not a peer relationship, is it? Jesus is the shepherd. We are the sheep. He leads us. He restores our soul. And yet, isn't there such grace in that? I mean, most relationships are, you know, and rightly so, give and take. But with Jesus, it's just all give. As one theologian described it, it's one-way love. It's love that is given without regard to a return on investment. It's just one way. It's just eternal, infinite love. I mean, the shepherd is never waiting on the sheep to find him green pastures, right? And yet, it is the trust that the shepherd builds, the consistent care that he offers that compels the sheep to follow the shepherd. And so Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, showing the strength of his divinity. And he says, I'm the good shepherd, declaring his tender care for us. But let's not miss the, the third thing I want to say, the final thing, is that Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. What makes, what makes him good? Is he simply saying that he's a, a shepherd who is above average? Right? No, he is, of course, saying that the nature of his shepherding is good in the divine sense. 
in the sense that God is good. He is the opposite of evil. He is not self-serving. He is pure and holy. He is patient and kind. He is good. And Jesus is good because he is God. And there's almost this sense in there in which Jesus could say that he is both good and he is shepherd. Right? The word shepherd describes the way that he is good as much as the word good describes the way that he is shepherd. And there's really two principal ways that, that Jesus tells us in this passage that he expresses his goodness. And the first, and I would say probably the most important, is that the way that we know the goodness of this shepherd is that, is that he lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd and I lay down my life. The way that we know his goodness and the way that his goodness is supremely expressed to us is through his giving up of his life for you and for me. He says that he has the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again, which is to say that the cross was not some sad tragedy that should have been avoided. He went to the cross to be the atoning sacrifice for our sin. He went to the cross to defeat sin and death in his own death and to rise again then to offer us eternal life. He gave up his life and he was in complete control the whole time. He had the authority to lay his life down, the authority to take it up again. The life of God Almighty was given deliberately in exchange for your life. This, he says, is completely and utterly distinct from the hired hand. The hired hand. Now you may know that the word pastor comes from the Latin word for shepherd. And a congregation is sometimes referred to as a pastor's flock. And I love y'all. And I love being your pastor. But if you quit paying me, I've got, I'm going to have to keep going. I'm going to have to move on, right? i got kids who want to eat, and I want to eat. And so, uh, you know, in a sense, I'm a hired hand. And, and if, um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly no savior. I'm no good shepherd. And I do hope, in a, in a sense, I mean, I understand the sense in which pastors are referred to as shepherds. I hope that I would have the courage to stand in if we see the wolf coming, the wolf uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever that wolf may be, a spiritual wolf, the, uh, the wolf of sin, or the wolf of evil, the wolf of oppression. I mean, if it's a real wolf, I don't have to be fast. I just have to be faster than you, right? But um, we'll get Jeff to, to, to protect us. But, um, you know, I, I, I hope, I, mean, I truly, I hope that I would have the courage to stand in in, in some tragic uh, circumstance, but with Jesus, you don't have to wonder. He has already done it. He's laid down his life for you. That you see that he does that both in tender love for us and in supreme divine strength. His power is made perfect in weakness. He is the comfort for us in tragedy. There's always hope because he has already laid down his life and he has already risen again. So I always think of myself not really as a shepherd, but as the lead sheep saying, follow me to the good shepherd. So the, that's the first way. He lays down his life. The second way 
uh, that he tells us that we know that he is a good shepherd is that he is concerned for the sheep who, is not, who are not yet part of his flock. Right? He says, I have other sheep who are not a part of this fold, and I must bring them also. His goodness is demonstrated in his missionary heart. So do we see those who have no faith around us and sort of shrug and say to each his own, to each your own? Do we pray that the good shepherd would call them into the fold? I'm just thinking about our, our neighbors. Our family. Uh, our waiters and cashiers. Yard guys. Are we praying for them? Not out of judgment, like I know better than you, but out of love, I want to share the amazing, life-giving, eternally saving thing that I have found with you. I have the cure for cancer, and you have cancer, and I I want everybody to know. We have a heart for sharing the love that we have found in our Good Shepherd and inviting others to experience what we have found ourselves. Jesus has that heart. He says, I am the good shepherd. He loves you tenderly. And he loves you in his divine strength. I am the good shepherd. Amen.